Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. Remember a few months ago, you and I had some conversations with a few historians. There are historians uh, across Utah and across the country who are gathering pretty much the oral history, the stories experienced by uh, people like you and me as we endure this coronavirus. Uh, I hate talking about coronavirus. Uh, <laughs> and they're, they're doing so because the, the truth is we are experiencing something that really we have never faced before as a people and as a country. I, I know the Spanish flu came through 100 years ago, and there have been other uh, epidemics and pandemics, uh, but I would be hard-pressed to, to find evidence uh, that we had been at any time in history hit uh, in the ways that we have been hit by uh, this coronavirus, the impact on the way we uh, live and learn and make a living uh, and uh, intermingle with our family members. That has all been upended. It has all been redefined. It's totally different. And we will, uh, years down the road, look back at the collection of, say, oral histories and uh, essays and uh, the photographs and the events uh, of our lives, the the mundane details uh, that have been so dramatically altered in 2020 uh, as compared to any time before and after. Uh, well, another another element, another way to look at how we have experienced life this past year uh, has been undertaken by the Deseret News and Brigham Young University. You have heard, uh, in particular, on Boyd Matheson's program, Inside Sources, much talk about the American Family Survey. The American Family Survey, it's about six years running, and each year, uh, Brigham Young University... Uh, and the Center for the Study of Elections and Democracy at Brigham Young University, they come together and uh, execute uh, a study. Last year it was uh, looking at uh, family leave policies. Remember, that was a a big deal. Uh, There a few years ago in 2017, it was looking at marriage and family in the age of Trump. Uh, Interesting uh, findings there. And this year, very naturally, uh, the questions all revolved around family life during the pandemic. And so uh, today, to help walk through some of the findings, Erica Evans, a reporter with the Deseret News, you can find her writings at Deseret.com. I'll share uh, this article here uh, with with my social media if you'd like to check that out there on Facebook. Uh, But the headline is, Surprise! Families Have grown, Grown Stronger! during COVID-19, not weaker. Erica, welcome to the program. Hi, Lee. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Uh, tell, tell me, how are American families doing in terms of their happiness and strength? Well, they're doing better for the most part. These findings really were surprising to me. You'd think that with everyone cooped up at home, a lot of people having to do homeschool and a number of people losing income during the pandemic, that this would create significant strain for most families. But what the American Family Survey found was that for more families than not, the pandemic has actually brought them closer together and improved relationships. And that's because people are spending more time together. And the coronavirus sort of is a trial that families have had to adapt to and overcome. It's something that's actually been unifying for them. 
are are these findings universal? I can't help but think that uh, a family which has been able to somehow sidestep the uh, the ne- economic burdens placed on it by the coronavirus uh, may naturally uh, be inclined to report more happiness and contentment uh, at home as opposed to uh, you know someone a family a household uh, which finds itself you know struggling to pay the bills. Yeah, that's absolutely true. In this story, we're kind of focusing on the majority, but it's important to note that there are significant pockets of Americans who are struggling at home, especially those who have experienced financial losses in the past few months. And those in economic crisis were more likely to say they were struggling with their partners. 37% of those who reported economic crises said the coronavirus had increased stress in their marriage. On the other hand, um, 56% of all survey respondents said the pandemic made them appreciate their partner more, while only 10% disagreed overall. And and how about children? How how do children factor into all this? Yeah, so um, when we're looking at kind of family tension generally, um, stepping outside the partner relationship, about twice as many people reported less than average tension among members of their household than reported more tension. So uh, when you're looking at the family overall, um, the same is true. Fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. Uh, Erica Evans, thank you so much for your reporting on this. Deseret News reporter, the survey is the American uh, Family Survey, and you can see the findings of this year's survey, uh, plus all the, the reports dating back to 2015 when the when the survey first started uh, at Deseret.com. Uh, this this so surprised me. If I'm honest, I, I really didn't expect these results. I look around. I see unemployment numbers. I touch base with uh, friends and family. I look inward at my own experience, uh, and there has been a good deal of strife. It hasn't been easy. It hasn't uh, been easy, and so it's encouraging at least to see that uh, in the general sense that there has uh, been a relative uptick uh, in enjoyment and closeness uh, between members of the family. So uh, what I want to do is we're going to take a break in just a moment. I want to open the phone lines. I want to have, I want to extend this conversation to you. Uh, and I know it's a, it's a touchy and personal subject to talk about your relationship with your family, but uh, you can be as, as vague as you like. We don't need to make it uncomfortable. But what I want is for you to pick up the phone and give me a call. The number is 801-575-TALK, 801-575-8255. Uh, call and talk to me uh, about how things have gone in your home. Uh, you don't need to give your name. You don't need to reveal anything. But uh, uh, I, I want to hear uh, from real people. Surveys are wonderful and beautiful, uh, but there's really no personality to a number. I want to hear from your personality. Again, the number, 801-575-8255. Call in. Share your experience. It may be helpful to others. It may be helpful uh, to others. Quick break. When we return, your calls live here on KSL News Radio. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. We have been discussing the American Family Survey, specifically uh, one area within the survey that talks uh, about the closeness and happiness that you have experienced with your family in the midst of the COVID, vac- uh, COVID pandemic. I personally, I'll share my experience. Uh, it, uh, I, I think I am closer uh, with uh, my wife uh, and little baby Piper. Uh, interestingly, Piper came around, came along just not, not long before 
the coronavirus. And so uh, we've only really known how to raise her in the midst of the pandemic. Uh, when I was working from home, I will admit that, uh, that I was going through some stress. And uh, <laughs> later on, we're going to talk about a story. <laughs> <laughs> it's a medical finding, interestingly, that the coronavirus uh, and stress associated with the coronavirus has led to, and I'm embarrassed to admit this, uh, has uh, led to uh, a certain amount of hair loss uh, among both men and women. And I will, I will admit, I will admit to uh, a little bit of thinning uh, on to- the top of my head. And if you, I'll tell you what, if you want to check it out for yourself, uh, KSL News Radio app. Uh, that's powered by Any Hour Services. There is a video feed here into the studio right now. You can see uh, right here. I'm trying to cover it with uh, the headphones over the top, but if I, if I were to pull the headphones away, you would see much more scalp uh, through uh, my hair than has been visible uh, in years past. I, I it's not uh, it's not old age or inferior genetics. I I blame I blame of course the the coronavirus. Anyway, I digress. Uh, being able to then get out of, you remember when I was broadcasting from the guest bedroom? Uh, being back here in the studio has helped, having a little bit of separation uh, you know, between home life and work life. That's, that's been very good. Um, but the, the big results, the American Family Survey here uh, indicates that families, for the most part, uh, have either you know, had no change in the level of contentment they experience in their home or there has been uh, a significant increase. I want to read you uh, one unfortunate finding, though, in the, the study. You heard in the, in the segment prior as I discussed this with Erica Evans with the Deseret News, who's broken down these numbers uh, beautifully. And I'll share in just a moment uh, a link to her article as she walks through the findings on this topic in particular. I asked about the socioeconomic impact on these findings and how... Uh, you know, my, my guess was if you are one lucky enough to have retained your job through the coronavirus, things are probably a little more happy at home without the uh, added uh, stress of being short of funds. You know, maybe not knowing exactly how you were going to pay the rent next month or the mortgage payment or keep the lights on or keep food in the fridge. Here is the finding from the study, having experienced this, I'm quoting from the, the summary of the American Family Survey now. Again, you can find this uh, on my Facebook page, Lee Lonsberry. You'll find the little live mic logo up in the corner. Click on that. Like it, of course. Obviously, you got to follow. Uh, but you'll see posted a link to uh, this study. Having experienced an economic crisis almost doubles the percentage of people who believe the coronavirus pandemic has increased stress in their marriage. On the strength of marriage question, the number almost triples because of an economic crisis. It's not so obviously a matter of money trouble. There is literally no pattern in stress across all the levels of income. However, the lower income individuals, those making less than 40000 per year, are about twice as likely to have questioned the strength of their marriage. That breaks my heart. It, it breaks my heart because I... Remember when I asked my wife to marry me and we later on uh, made promises to each other that we would be one another's uh, partner and companion and teammate uh, regardless of whatever was thrown at us. And I do uh, understand economic stress, trust me, Uh, but I also understand the need uh, to look past it and to be able to separate it from uh, the relationship with your loved ones, in particular your spouse. 
Uh, sorry, that's a tangent, but uh, but it's it's important to me. Uh, let's go to the phones here. I, I've opened them up. I want to hear from you. If you have uh, anything to say on this, if you would like to share your experience uh, with your family members uh, throughout this COVID deal, uh, please pick up the phone and call me. We'll have a nice leisurely chat. I want to hear your story. 801-575-8255 is the number. Joining me from Farmington is Rebecca. Rebecca, how are you? I'm great. How are you doing? Uh, I'm all right. Tell me about how uh, coronavirus has impacted your family dynamic. So we have kind of a unique situation here. We're a blended family, and my husband and I got married just last December. And so we're still, you know, integrating the family. And I feel like overall it's been positive. Yeah. Um, there are, you know, of course, been challenges as there are with blending families and marriage in general. But um, I absolutely feel that we're a lot closer. My husband and I are a lot closer than we probably would have been otherwise um, without a so-called pandemic. Yeah. Um, and I feel it's because we have some, uh, very similar values, very similar beliefs, um, understanding of what's really going on in the world. And um, neither of us were masked. Um, we just, we've studied, you know, data about there are several meta-analyses decades worth that have shown that the masks don't reduce the transmission of virus. All right, right. we'll we'll leave that aside. Let let, let me ask you this, though. Were were you you and your husband both working before the pandemic uh, arrived? Yeah. And did did your work situation uh, send you home? Did, Did either or both of you start working from home? Well, it was interesting timing because I actually, we moved up to Farmington. I moved from South Jordan. He was already here. And my job, I was self-employed, but it was through a, um, a business in the mall doing lash, lash extensions. Okay. Um, he was actually working for um, a, an advertising uh, marketing company uh-huh. and um, actually um, uh, quit working there in February. And so we've been working at home since which we would have done otherwise. Um, he also sells bikes at a shop um, down the road, too. Yeah. So, But it's his own business. And so um, it hasn't really influenced that so much because that's what we were going to do. Anyway. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this last question, Rebecca, before I let you sure. go. Uh, you yeah. are in a circumstance shared by many countless Utahns and Americans. Uh, you have found success. You have found closeness. Uh, yeah. As briefly as you can, uh, what advice would you give those in a similar circumstance to yourself? I would say, since there are a lot of different views and ideas and misinformation going around and, you know, real data, I would say just love your family. Just love all the members of your family. Listen, care. Um, just be open and and be kind and, you know, be understanding and and just build those relationships rather than get caught up in, in the, the madness of, you know, what's kind of going on yeah we'll leave it at that rebecca thank you so much and hey you know what yeah. congratulations congratulations on that uh, on that marriage there in december that's a wonderful yeah. thing and uh yeah. my congratulations and love and praise to all involved thank you so much uh, for calling and for listening yeah, uh, best of luck uh as uh, as you continue and we all continue together to battle this uh this deal hey listen if you want to weigh in on this still i'm going to leave the text line open five seven five zero zero is the utah community 
Credit Union text line. Uh, let me know how you're doing. Let, let me know what advice you might have. I'll, I'll share that. We'll find some time later on in the program to share uh, what you have experienced. And uh, uh, if you want to sneak a phone call in a few more minutes, uh, 801-575-8255. Producer Amy will answer the call and let me know who's on the line. We'll have a conversation about what you have experienced. But uh, this all stems from a fascinating, a fascinating a uh, bunch of results to come from the American Family Survey. Uh, you have been hearing this survey referenced numerous times on these airwaves over the past uh, few days. Uh, Boyd Matheson has spoken at great length about these findings, and they are all, for the most part, very positive. We here in America uh, are resilient people. We are able to stare down adversity and come out on the other side victorious. And we all may feel that uh, within. We may look to our family members and our communities and say, yeah, we're tough people. Uh, You throw it at us, I'm going to swat it down. I'm going to come out on the other side, uh, the champion and the victor. Well, uh, if there is a way to look at that in a quantifiable sense, uh, this is it. And it is very encouraging to know that uh, this observation, uh, that the strength that we see in our communities is not just anecdotal, but it's quantifiable. It's quantifiable. We are objectively strong. That's what this study proves. Read more at my Facebook page, Lee Lonsberry. We're going to take a quick break. When we return, we are going to jump back into a a, a periodic segment here on the program. We take a look at the candidates running for office in Congress, uh, the governor's race. We're looking at all the candidates, uh, those who have qualified to participate in debate commission votes. And the question is very simple. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.